Next on BYU Sports Nation, examining the current financial model in major college athletics. Is the system broken? If so, what's the solution? BYU TV college football expert and former BYU quarterback Blaine Fowler joins us to lay out his plan to fix the issue and how to keep athletes in good standing. Plus, BYU basketball featuring an assistant coach labeled one of the best in the West by ESPN. The legend of Mark Pope grows. It's a Friday. He'll join us live. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. Happy Friday. This is how we do it. BYU Sports Nation on your radio and television, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who, quite frankly, can pull off camo pants and a dress shirt. I'm not sure many people can do that. I try to look as good as you, man. You know, you got the white pants going. White so Pants I, Friday. I, I, I tried. I tried. You know, the Camel Pants I, I just, Friday for I just Brian wanted, Logan. I just wanted to look good for my my show right now. You know, Brian's brain. I'm happy that you can join. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy. I I kind of uh, thought about it and and you know called Ben. I was like, yeah, let's get Spencer on today. Let's 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 have him here. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Logan. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> in Studio it. B, you can have the show back on mo- uh, Monday. Thank you. Wherever you're and welcome. however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. The Memorial Day weekend is upon us. Most important question is, Brian, where's the barbecue and where do I need to go? Oh, you know, I, I'm trying to figure that out right now, too. What? I'm, 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 trying to, I'm thinking about doing some, some boating, some, you know, going on the lake and just, just chilling, man. I'm, 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 I'm excited for this weekend. Shout out, shout out to the real heroes, the uh, armed forces, the right. services, the troops. This is, right. this is about exactly. them. So I'm um, test driving cars last night, and, you know, there's always this – Memorial Day weekend, used car, tent sale. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm test driving cars last night, talking to a salesman, and, and I see one of our avid BYU Sports Nation fans. On Twitter, he's at underscore quick, K-W-I-K, and he tweets at me. He's like, Spencer, don't do it. I'll get you a better deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Is that a proper nice. benefit? I was going to say, uh, you might w- be careful about that. Uh, Look in your contract, see what you can accept. What you okay. Can't. All right. Be careful, man. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever, whenever, and get involved in today's Twitter topic. The question is, how would you change, if at all, the NCAA's compensation model for athletes? This is a hugely hot topic right now. Has been for a while. Should athletes get paid? Do they need more scholarship money? Is the system fine? Is compensation enough in the fact that they get their tuition paid for and that they're on scholarship that way? How would you change the NCAA's compensation model for athletes? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Brian and I are going to dive into this at length in just a few moments. We remind you to listen to the show noon Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143. Watch the simulcast live on BYU TV. Rise and shout, my friends. It's a Friday. Time for What's Trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Real life as a college athlete. Hmm. In light of the allegations of improper benefits within BYU's program that just recently came out, once again, it brings up the hot topic that we just addressed. Is the current system for NCAA athletes broken? Is it broken? Rules are rules. No skirting around that. The NCAA has a firm list of rules in place. And the NCAA expects athletes and coaches and programs to abide by it. We understand. But it seems like this current situation of rule bending and breaking is happening so often that does it not 
does it not suggest that something needs to be changed? And basically at every school. I yeah, mean, you, you, you have to look at it. You got you to look at the trend these past couple of years and why so many, so many kids, so many schools are getting into so much trouble. You know, why you, is it you, happening? It, there's, there's a lot of different reasons. I mean, we can, we can dive into so many, but you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to money. Obviously, right? Yes, and I'm not buying into the fact that college athletes are not good people because I know a lot of fantastic individuals that are college athletes. We're, we, college athletes are great people, great individuals. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, I think when, as a college athlete, you, you hear about all the money that the NCAA makes, right? And, and you hear about the millions and millions of dollars that they make off of your jerseys, uh, fans coming to see you play, um, you are putting so many hours into practice each and every week, sweat, blood, tears, pain, breaking bones. Let's dive into that financial number, Brian. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. $912 million of revenue last year the NCAA pulled in. That's almost a billion dollars. They made over $750 million from the NCAA tournament in basketball alone. That is crazy. Crazy. That does not include conference television packages and all the stuff that's going around. There is so much money floating around in the NCAA with big time conferences. It's so so now think about this. As an as an athlete, right? As a student athlete, Waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, going to lift weights, then you're going to class, then you're going to practice, then you're going to, to film study, then you're going back home at 7, 8 o'clock at night, and you've got, and you, and you got to study, you got to do homework, you got to do the same thing over and over again, right? And your scholarship check is, you know, $700, $800. It's all really based off of the cost of living. Obviously, there's some, some, some colleges in California are probably going to provide more um, uh, money because of the cost of living compared to Utah and other states. But you, you think about that number you get, right? Eight, I'm, getting, I'm doing all this stuff, all this work for $800 a month. And then I know in the back of my mind that these guys are making millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be frustrated. We because did the what, math. What, what do you do? What, what work do you do? NCAA, you don't you don't lift these weights, you don't run these sprints, you don't do pursuits, <laughs> you don't do pursuits. We did the math. I mean, inc- so including practice time, and I know these are some general figures, but including practice time and game day time during football season, we figured like twenty eight hours a week, right? Okay, and if you're getting an eight hundred dollars scholarship check, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, that is seven dollars and fourteen cents an hour. The current minimum wage in the state of Utah. Is seven twenty five. Seven twenty five. Well, people say, but we're we're not being ignorant of the fact that people say, well, you're getting your tuition paid for, you're getting your books paid books for, paid for it, yep. Okay, you're you're getting perks. There are there are things. However, seven fourteen an hour for the amount of work that you put in. And wait, that, that's not even that's not. I mean, we, we talked about twenty hours, right? Twenty eight uh, hours. Twenty eight yeah. hours. So uh, twenty hours, and we, we we factored in about eight hours for for game day, but then. You, you, that's not including the, the class time, right? Uh, studying. Um, it's not in, including uh, the hard work that you're doing uh, on your own time, going out running sprints, uh, watching film on your own time. I mean, you got to factor all these things. We're, we're not even factoring these these things in. I mean, there, you have so little time to do these to certain things. I remember I was in I was in in a class with with 
with uh, teammates, and we would bring our laptops and we'd watch film. And so for the first half, hey, you take notes. I'm going to watch film. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm type some keys every now and then, act like I'm taking notes. And then the, next, the, the second half, we'll, we'll switch. I'll take the notes, and then we combine notes. But, I mean, there, there's, there, it's a grind, man. It, it's, it's a true grind. So we're not even factoring those things in. Uh, we're not even factoring travel time. You know, we, we travel to Florida State and, and New Orleans. We're not even factoring that in. And so when you see this number and you break it down, um, I mean, we, we broke down the seven, the seven dollars and fourteen cents. We actually broke it down a little bit more. We factored in those th- those things: uh, class time, film, travel, uh, weights, and it came out to about half a penny. Stop it! Half a penny. Stop it! I don't even it. know how to do that. How do you get half a penny? What? Half a penny? Okay. The point being that. <laughs> It's not a ton of financial compensation for the amount of time and effort you invest into it. However, there is a good deal of the population that looks at college athletes and thinks they – they're entitled. How, what is this attitude about? They're playing sports. They're getting their college education. They're setting themselves up for a future. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they have to complain about? And to be fair to you, Brian, you lived it. Okay, so that's the outside perception from a lot of people. The inside perception is what? How difficult was it for you, if at all, to make it month to month as a Division One college athlete with the financial situation set in place? For for me, this is my my personal situation. Uh, it, it was a struggle, and and I, I remember getting about eight hundred, seven hundred fifty dollars, eight hundred fifty dollars a month, and. Yeah, you got about four hundred, five hundred. That's going to go to 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 your rent. You know, you, you'll have roommates and things like that. Uh, but then you got to factor in food, right? You got to factor in, you know, gas and utilities and bills and and you know, for me personally, uh, you know, I had to pay my my phone bill, I had to pay my my car note, car insurance, and so that money starts to go down really fast. And so, you know, by by the after you are paying your bills, you may have fifty dollars left for the rest of the month, and so. You know, when 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 a, a, a an outside source comes to you and says, "Hey, like, you know, can I take you out to to lunch?" You know, that's 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 very attractive, very appealing to a kid that only has fifty dollars left for the rest of the month. How yeah. do you say no to something like that? When <laughs> you can understand now why it's difficult. That's why it's difficult. Yes, when people come up to you and say, that hey, a, I, I want to do something nice for you. And you're like, man, I'm starving and I would really like to eat right, this exactly. meal. That doesn't mean it's, that is, that doesn't mean it's, it's, okay. it's acceptable. Right. It's the okay rules are the rules. It. It's, the, it's the rules, but that's, that's, that's it's why it's hard. what makes it a challenge. So how do you fix it? There are a number of solutions that have been discussed. We're going to ask BYU TV analyst, former national champion quarterback Blaine Fowler, about how he would fix the issue at about 30 minutes past the hour. He will join us with how he would fix the situation. How would you fix it? Would you change anything? Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. That is our Twitter question today. Now, let's go to the Twitter machine and get some of those initial responses. You got How would you change the NCAA compensation model for athletes? Use the hashtag BYUSN at CrazyCookFanatic. Too bad it can't be based on need. Those with limited family resources receive more. No one goes to bed hungry. Mm, I like that. That's that's, that's hard, though. How do you judge on a a situational basis? Then it becomes a huge monster. It's it's income because, you you know, you you are – students can get Pell Grants, right? And so based off of the income of, of your family can determine how much you get and how much you don't get. So that's one way to, to, to track it. 
It's by Pell Grants. You know what? Can we can we play the J.D. Falso sound? Here's here's the other side of it. J.D. Falso joined us yesterday. On, he was on scholarship, and he talked about his perspective as a student athlete. Like I said, a paycheck would be nice, but at the same time, you know, I understand my education, the worth of that. I understand my, my time being able to play the game that I love and the worth of that and the, the camaraderie and the brotherhood that I've made with coaches, with players, uh, and, and, and I cherish those things, and those are enough for me. So there, there's the other take. A paycheck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be really nice. Yeah. So, so J.D., who appreciates the scholarship stuff and has, has his education in place, how, I, how I actually, can you say no to more money? I, I actually, you you can't. <laughs> it's hard. I actually think I actually think JD is probably in the the majority. I think you have a, a smaller percentage that uh, of kids that are coming from low income homes, and so it's a lot more appealing to them when they have their own expenses um, and, and bills that they have to pay for themselves. They're not getting money from their family, you know, and so it's a little bit harder for them. But you know, I, I, at the end of the day, yeah. You know, you are getting your education paid for. I mean, I, I'm in the position I'm in now because of my education and my degree. So, you know, very grateful and thankful. But, I mean, when see, that's the thing. is like when I look at that, the millions and millions, when I look at those dollar signs, I'm like, there's no need for me to struggle. Gosh, there's no need. I could've, you could have gave me $500 extra and I would have been good. Shoot. Wow, almost a billion dollars in revenue from the NCAA last year. How would you change the NCAA compensation model for athletes? Keep your responses coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Up next, assistant coach extraordinaire Mark Pope named to an ESPN all-coaches list, essentially. We're going to ask him about it. This is BYU Sports Nation on your radio and television. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan, hashtag Logan Takeover, live from Studio B on a Friday. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. It airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app. Watch the simulcast live on BYU TV. Interesting conversation we're having right now, Brian. What would you change, if anything at all, about the NCAA and their current compensation model? How would you feel about a BYU Sports Nation? Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Our first guest today, one of our BYU Sports Nation favorites, Mark Pope, assistant basketball coach for BYU and coach. You were honored yesterday being named one of the best in the West by Miles Simon, a guy that's an ESPN college basketball expert, said that you would be on his ultimate coaching staff. What was your reaction when you, uh, when you got that news? Well, I think Miles just knows that I would pass him the ball. He's just <laughs> he's just thinking about that. Okay, so so it's it's a little bit. There's a little bit more to this. Are, are you? I mean, if you're on the ultimate coaching staff, are are you coaching royalty now or something? What's going on there? I don't. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You know what happens. To be honest with you, is we 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 have this very short window in the month of May where. You're not racing around 100 miles an hour, so everyone's trying to figure out what what what, what can they talk about. Yeah, I think, Coach, we, we'll probably Spence. We probably have to roll down the red carpet. You know, yeah, when he, when he comes. Nice. I don't know if you've seen. Nice. I don't know if you've seen coming to America, Coach. But we'll, we'll have some, some flowers, some rose petals <laughs> dropping while you while you come to your seat. We'll we'll have a broom. We'll, we'll dust off the seat for you. BYU basketball assistant coach Mark Pope named to the 
ESPN College Basketball Analyst Miles Simon's ultimate college coaching staff representing the West. Uh, okay, Coach, uh, we, we need to discuss the transfers. You received another one, Kyle Davis, and he mentioned you specifically how he's excited to work with you, a 6'7 guy coming from Utah State. Add him to Jamal Eights uh, as well. And uh, what's going on with the BYU program where guys are like, you know, it, it didn't work out me for me initially, but now I want to go to BYU. Why is BYU the destination of choice? Well, listen, it starts with coach. I mean, coaches, I mean, I say this number and over and over again, and it's so hard to comprehend. He is the fifth winningest coach in his first nine years of head coaching in the history of college basketball. Wow. I mean, that number is just mind-boggling. It's, it's unbelievable what he's done here. I mean, it just is staggering. And, then, and so I think guys know that they want to come play for him. I think as assistant coaches, we came here because we want to come learn from him. Uh, I think guys love the style of play we play. Um, you know, we we you know everybody knows we play fast and we're very very aggressive offensively. Um, you know, I think uh, guys come here um, because you know sometimes they've been somewhere else and seen that there's a ton of distractions surrounding uh, life as a college basketball player. And they feel like they'd like to focus more on basketball in school. And that's one of the great benefits of BYU is that there's way less distractions. There's way less distractions from your teammates. There's way less distractions on campus. And guys, when they get to the point, you know, you kind of get through a semester or a year or two years and you realize that all this kind of hoopla around college is fun. But what you really want to do is be the best college basketball player you can possibly be. And, and limit some of the distractions, and that's one of the great benefits of being here, too. I think all those reasons come into play. Mark Pope, BYU men's basketball assistant coach, played nine seasons in the NBA, uh, and a, a national champion at the University of Kentucky, is on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, in Kyle Davis's situation, he wanted BYU so much that he's transferring in-state from Utah State down to Provo. He's going to sit out a year, not under scholarship. When he is under scholarship and gets going, what kind of a player will he be for BYU? I think he's going to be a, absolutely a terrific player. Um, uh, I think he will be um, uh, he, he will be a guy that brings tremendous energy. He's got a really unique and great skill set. He's incredibly physical. Uh, he's one of the best offensive rebounders in the country. And part of what makes him great at that is he loves to do it, right? And he knows that that's a, a unique skill and, and something that can really help his team. Uh, I think he's going to be a tremendous asset for our team. Then you add Jamal H, who comes up from UNLV. And, and Jamal, who, by the way, has told us uh, off the air that he, he dominated players in practice uh, mm-hmm. on a day-in and day-out basis. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how, what is it that he does to dominate, and, and what will he bring to the BYU basketball program? Well, he's got great, he's got great size. Uh, and when I say that, what I mean is, he, you know, he's, he's only 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, but he's got long arms. He's got wide shoulders. He's got a great big rear end, which is, which is so important uh, for guys playing the way he does. And he's incredibly versatile. So he can attack from the perimeter. He's great in the post. He'll probably be uh, our best, if not, you know, if not our best, one of our top one or two guys finishing around the rim. He's got a unique skill set around the rim. He can finish so many different ways. He's a, he is a special player also. Uh, you know, listen, we're so excited about these transfers. Kind of go down the line. They're all going to be really good. You know, Chase Fisher is another guy who 
Um, we can't wait to get on the floor. And who's, who was so good for us last year? It's interesting. You know, these guys transfer in and they have to sit out for some period of time. And um, so they can be removed from the program. Chase Fisher came in here and was instrumental with our guys in helping us get through a really tough stretch uh, in December and January when he wasn't even playing just because of his personality and his positive attitude and how engaging he is with the guys. And, uh, you know, he was a great leader for us last year, uh, you know, before he ever put on a uniform. These guys are going to be terrific. Transfer you is what we're calling it this way, Coach. <laughs> Between football and basketball with all of these guys coming in from different programs, it's pretty remarkable. And when you talk about a guy like Chase Fisher and now Kyle Davis, Jamal Ates, and you see these three quote-unquote outsiders coming in, how, how is it mixing uh, those guys in with the team unity of guys that initially signed with BYU? Are there any challenges there? Um, I think that it works here because we have a uniquely fluid deal at BYU anyway. I mean, you know, another, another young man we have coming in is Isaac Nielsen, who, yeah. who, you know, was with us for the 10 days of summer workouts three years ago and then left to go on his mission and has just come back and, you know, I think the the you know guys coming and going from missions makes all this this whole organization feel pretty comfortable with the fluidity and the dynamics of changing rosters. The key with the key with the transfers is is that our guys know that these are three guys that really want to be here, um, that that left another program because it just wasn't the right fit and learned you know, had the chance to go to program and learn what their right fit is. It's hard to guess. I mean, you come out of high school, you're just guessing, right? These guys have had a chance to see what fit's going to work for them. And they come in and they're just fully committed. So and I don't think it's been complicated at all. I think our guys embrace them and they're so excited to be here. I think, I think it's a good dynamic. You know, I think, I think to add on to that, I, I think that's, that's something that's very unique about BYU is, is, you know, I've been in a couple of different programs mm-hmm. and it's all about competition, right? And if, if this guy beats me out, oh, we're not friends, we're not buddies. Right. But, you, you know, it, it's, it's really different just with uh, obviously the influence of the, of the church and, and always, um, you know, uh, looking to, to help others. And yep. it, they're not looking as it's, you're, you're a competitor. You're, they're, they're looking like, oh, this is, this is my teammate. This is my brother. So whatever I need to do uh, for you, whether that's in, in the weight room or in the film room, I'm going to help you out. So yeah. I, think, I, th- I think that's something that's, that, that's great for athletes that are transferring in. I, th- I think that's really well said. It, it's also interesting um, that our guys are hyper competitive, so they kind of have this dual, this dual nature, which is so beautiful, right? <laughs> yep. Is that is that they care about their teammates, uh, and and one of the things that helped us get through a really rough stretch last year, one of the keys was how much our guys love each other. I mean, our guys, you know, it's funny we would have a. You know, we'd have a, a training table meal after practice, and you know we'd finish dinner at seven o'clock, and I'd roll back in the office and get some work done, and then walk down the hall. And two hours later, the whole team is still in there, just doing nothing, just talking <laughs> to each other and joking about stuff, and just they just really love and care about each other. And when you have a group that's that connected, they can endure some rough stretches. And what they did last year, uh, I can't overstate the, the kind of resurgence that they made the last 15 games of the season after having a really rough stretch. And, and a key factor in that was how much they, they enjoyed each other's company and took care of each other. Now, with that said, these guys are really competitive. It is not easy to sit on, uh, on the end of that bench. It's yeah. never easy. 
And it's never easy to have a guy beat you out. And that's part of what makes our guys special, too, is they fight. You know, they're in this thing, and they're competing, and they're giving everything they have to earn time and help this team win. And in any given certain game, when a guy's not playing, it's not easy. But they love their teammates so much that they'll, they'll take it, and they'll know that they're going to come and work harder tomorrow. It's, it's a really good dynamic. And all of that comes from Coach. I mean, Coach is the one who – has created that culture and fosters these guys to feel that way and be able to do that. It's, it's, it's really good. Mark Pope, a member of Dave Rose's coaching staff and also a member of the ultimate coaching staff, according to Miles Simon of ESPN.com. You're u- ultimate. ultimate coach. Do you understand the gravity of that word? I don't think he does. Hey, hey, let me tell you about the ultimate coaching staff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you because I get to work every day with two brilliant coaches. Tim Lacombe and Terry Nash, who are two extraordinary coaches. The things they do, their basketball knowledge, how they interact with our players is is just unbelievably terrific. And then you add on to that our operations guy, Cody Fuger, who who has done an unbelievable job and had a huge impact on our program with his relationship with the players and, and how organized he keeps everything and keeps a good spirit around. And a guy that nobody ever talks about, Garrett Fawcett, is our video coordinator. He's our video coach. And, and this is not overstated when I say this, but he is revolutionizing. And when I say that, I'm not talking about for mid-major programs or high-major programs. I'm talking about for every program. Wow. Revolutionizing the way that we're, we're able to communicate with our guys through film. Nice. In fact, when we go to the Final Four, Garrett and I have sat down with – 10 or 12 head coaches uh, at major programs around the country with major funding and kind of shown them what he's doing with our guys, and all of them are blown away. Awesome. They're asking him to come help them. So, you know, and and the fact that we all get to work for coach, I mean, listen – I love Miles, and he's great. I think he's a genius, especially after this article. But but you talk about ultimate coaching staff, we're, we're really fortunate here because we have a, a great staff, and coaches put it together, and it's all kind of his deal. Okay, Mark, my final question is, who is buying you lunch today now? <laughs> no, these guys won't take me to lunch because they know how much I eat. They know it's going to be an expensive bill. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I guess I have one final comment. Eric Mika says he wants you to ride him, and if you don't, he's going to be very upset. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, he came straight to my office after he was on your show wearing that ridiculous outfit. <laughs> yes. I thought, I thought, have we not taught this young man anything? <laughs> We're going to find out. It's time to be a man, Eric. He's going to be a great missionary, and he sure does have a bright future. That's right. Eric Mika headed to the Rome-Italy mission. We're joined now with uh, Mark Pope, assistant basketball coach for BYU. Coach, always a pleasure to talk to you. Congratulations on that uh, that honor from Miles Simon of ESPN, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. All right, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. Up next, we head back to college football now and discuss the system. Is it broken? Are players being compensated fairly? What do you think? Use the hashtag BYUSN. We're going to talk to Blaine Fowler and get his solution to the issue. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton. And at Brian Logan 7. Soon to be at Brian's Brain. Brian's Brain, yes. Maybe. Media that's, that's, Day. That's the, TV, that's the TV show. 
Actually. Do you know what is one month from today, Brian? I just said it. Media day. Football. Brian's brain. Brian's brain. <laughs> we're almost, we're almost there, people. We're almost there. Media day, June 23rd. All things BYU football here at the center of BYU broadcasting. I'm excited for that. I am. Ex- I'm going to be there um, hiding. I'm going to have a disguise and just, just going to soak it all in. Okay. Yeah. Soak <laughs> okay. it all in. Man. You guys, you got, Jerem said he won't let me, he won't let me come. So I got to get, I got to get in. How Wait, I, I thought in. you ran this shop, man. Don't you tell people who can come? Uh, I thought he, we set that the, up it, early it in the show. It came from the higher up, so right. it's out of his control. This stuff, yeah, I can. This is this is easy. <laughs> this is a cakewalk right here. Okay, June twenty third. Mark it down on your calendars. And a man who I know will be in attendance is Blaine Fowler, former national championship quarterback for BYU and current college football expert. Back on BYU Sports Nation, Blaine. It's been too long, my friend. I was having Blaine withdrawals. Have you survived the absence from BYU Sports Nation? You know, once we get through basketball and and the craziness of tournament time and all that, and we're working lots of games and doing lots of things, I always feel like, you know what, I'm ready for a break. And that lasts for about a week. And then I go, gosh, when is football going to start? This is really boring around here. So I'm... (laughs) I, I was I was really good and relaxed for about a week, and I've been bored ever since. So I'm hey, ready to roll. Let's, hey, you know let's what, talk Blaine? College football. You bring you bring up a great point. And August 29th is not that far away. Countdown to Connecticut. 98 days, 98 days away. Blaine Fowler, we're under 100 before BYU Ooh. and Connecticut kick off the season. You ready to roll, man? So under 100, I can get, I can get excited now because it's under 100. Once it gets into double digits, I can really start to think forward. Fantastic. Right. An interesting week for the BYU Athletic Department, notably the BYU football program. And I want to rewind a little bit because I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on the allegations that came out that there were improper benefits given in, uh, inside the BYU football program and how the Cougars, as the squeaky clean kid on the block, have been able to avoid this situation uh, until supposedly now. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think in any program, if if you dig deep enough, you're going to find that there's some, some small infractions that are taking place, not not because people are trying to get away with things, but just because there, there's gray areas that people aren't sure about, and maybe they cross over the line here and there. I, I think when this is all said and done, we're going to find out that there's there's not major, major issues that are going on, but there were probably some minor slip-ups that occurred. BYU's been pretty good at staying out of trouble over a, a period of a number of years because they're in the mode of having to monitor their players probably more so than any other place in the country. I know that when the coaching staff gets together, always a topic of discussion is, how are the kids doing academically? You know, What are we doing? Is everybody tracking where they're supposed to be? Are we keeping them academically eligible? There's the whole honor code issue at BYU, so they're constantly monitoring that. How are we doing with the kids that are having honor code issues, or you know, are there, there are potential to have an honor code issue? Are we monitoring that? Are we keeping the kids close to us? The kids that are at high risk, are we continually reminding them of of, of what they're you know, the standard that they're held to, and what about compliance? All those things are important to BYU, and because BYU has the, you know, in addition to NCAA compliance and academic compliance that everybody else is held accountable for. They have this honor code thing, which makes them keenly aware of keeping the student-athletes and the coaching staffs in the loop and constantly talking about it. And so I think that that those things have made BYU uh, a place that has been very compliant over a period of a long time. Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation. 
Uh, Blaine, I, I want to ask you this. You bring up all the different ways that coaches are, are taking care of their players right now. When you were here playing on that 1984 national championship team, uh, what was the dynamic like then? I, I'm imagining that things have become more stringent over the past 30 years. What was it like for you? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. In terms of NCAA compliance, I, I don't know that things have changed that much. And maybe that's a problem. Huh. Maybe maybe huh. things needed to morph a little bit over the time from when I was there till now. Um, college football was a big business back then. It's a ridiculously big business now. It's you know it's gone from a multi-million dollar business to a billions and billions and billions of dollar business where the NCAA is making an unbelievable amount of money. The universities have great revenue streams. You know the ones that are profitable like BYU. Um, they have big budgets like major corporations. Yet the rules around how we treat student-athletes have been very slow to keep pace with the changes that have happened to the finances of what we call you know, collegiate athletics. So, Blaine, we, we, we talked about this earlier and just some of the struggles that uh, you know, an average student-athlete faces when it comes to bills and money, finances, things like that. Obviously, we know some... Uh, some athletes, some students are a little bit more fortunate than others uh, when, it, when it comes to family situations. Um, but how would, what do you think the solution is? I mean, we talked about the issues, the problems of, you know, the NCAA making millions and billions of dollars, but then the athletes are making a couple pennies. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my feeling is that we need to make an adjustment in the amount of the stipend that the players have. I, so I'm, I'm not as I'm, – I'm not as – um, uh, dramatic is, is like what Johnny Mandel talks about. and you know, I, There are people out there, especially ones that were big time in the limelight. So Johnny Mandel is big time in the limelight, and, and who knows how many millions of additional dollars in revenue he brought into A&M while he was there. And you know, he would have the opinion that we should differentiate between players based on how much revenue they bring, much like a corporation. I, I just don't think that we can get into that because then there's no way to police that. How do you determine what a player's value is? So it can't be like that. It can't be like the NFL. I do, however, believe that we need to have a blanket increase in the stipend that players have that would give them enough money to be able to fly to and from home, wherever they're from, that would give them enough money that they can buy school clothes and fit in on campuses. I mean, could you take, you take kids that come from underprivileged environments and you put them in a situation where they're going to a university, not just BYU, anywhere in the country. And some places are very expensive universities where the majority of the student body come from tremendous wealth. And they stick out like a sore thumb. They can't afford to dress like 99% of student body dresses. They can't afford for any of the things to be involved in the activity that those kids are involved in. So to me, we really put those student athletes in a bad position by putting them in a place where they just completely stand out from a socioeconomic standpoint and can't keep up at all. And we have to give them just a little bit more. I don't know what that is. I you know, have to do more research. But is it double what they get now? Is it triple what they get now? Triple. Whatever it is, they've got to be able to afford the clothing and be able to go on some dates and be able to you know, transport themselves via airfare back and forth a couple of times a year so that they can fit in and not feel like they're lagging way behind everyone else when they're out there representing the university and working their butts off for more hours than most of those students are and, and not being able to have even close to the lifestyle that those students have. That's a, that's a great point. I, my point that I made earlier today was, you know, for the, that kid that comes from a, a low-income um, situation and 
yeah, there's there's one example that that's pretty close to my to my heart where uh, you know the the dad is is nowhere to be found. Uh, the, the the mom is having some some issues and and, and not really focused uh, on the kids on the on the family. Uh, and then the student athlete uh, has you know a, a little brother and little sister that he takes care of. And so you know he's a star athlete at, at a university. And you know a, a booster or a donor comes to him and says. Hey, great, great job! You know, you scored five touchdowns. Here's an extra, you know, two thousand dollars. You know, on, on, you know, on, on the side for what you did. I mean, how difficult is it for that 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 particular situation that that student athlete to not take that money when he knows, wow, mom, dad is nowhere to be found. Uh, mom is struggling with with some some issues, and you know, my my little brother, my little sister, they they're not eating food. I can send this two thousand dollars back to back to them. You know, and, and so it, it, it almost becomes a, a no brainer. I'm not saying that it's right for him to take that money. Rules are rules. But, yeah, rules are rules. But it, it, going to your point, Blaine, if you increase the amount of money from $800 to, you know, $3,000, $4,000 a month, whatever it may be, oh, now I have money to take care of myself and feed my, my little brother and my little sister without getting in trouble and jeopardizing my scholarship and my future. And I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's done this, this Brian. But I would love to know what the hourly wage is for for a typical student athlete. And, and now we're not just talking about what is official practice. We did the math, Blaine. It's it's about seven bucks an hour. Okay. Now, and I want to know: did you did you figure this out, too, Spencer? Did you actually count into there? All of the training that that person has to do on their own. Yeah, no. yeah, I, yeah, I, no, I did that. Brian, Brian did ready. that. I did that, and it came out to half a penny. Yeah, it, it, me, it was me, Scott, it, Scott Johnson, Andrew Rich. I think I think Brandon Bradley was there as well when we did it a few years years ago, and it came out to half a penny an hour. An hour, yeah, because if, because you think Spencer, the model that you're talking about accounts for what is actually considered official practice right. time and all that. Right. The right. model that Brian's talking about and Andrew and these guys are talking about is one that says, "Wait a minute, there's a bunch of time when I'm not here at practice with coaches." that I'm expected to do this, to be able to keep my job, I have to do these things. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and I don't get paid for those either. And and I go home for the summer, I can get a summer job, but that summer job has to be really, really flexible because I can be able to fit three hours of working out into my schedule every day. So I can't make as much as Joe, you know, science major, because Joe science major is going home and he's just working all summer yep. long. I, I can't get the same job that he gets mm-hmm. because I really can't work 40 hours a week because even though I'm not here on campus – I still have to work out X number of hours a week, or if I stay on campus and go to school, um, I- I'm in school and I have to get my workout in. I can get a job, but maybe I can only work three or four hours a day. So I don't. I'm disadvantaged that I can't even get the same kind of summer job that your typical student can get. And so, so how do we fix that? Well, the answer is not to say, oh, it's okay for the booster to give them two thousand, because now we're just going to run amok with everything we're doing. Because the Alabama booster is going to give them ten thousand, yep. and the uh, and the Weber State booster is going to give them four hundred. Yeah. And so, to, to to me, it would be better for the NCAA to say, "Listen, here's what we're going to do. There would be a flat thirty five hundred dollars. Any kid at any university with their tuition paid should be able to afford rent, food, have some clothes, have transportation, be able to go on some dates. This is a serious job that they have. This is decent money to pay them for that serious job. And now we're really going to police all the other stuff because." Yeah. Now that they're paid enough, there is no justification for that kid to take the Absolutely. Job. Zero. Zero. You, you, come down, you come down five, ten, ten thousand times harder than what they're doing right now. I mean, you're, you're right. talking about getting, 
you know, uh, suspended two to three games. Let's let's say let's say your season you're you're done for the whole year. Or, or yeah, I mean, because, we, we, we can go that extreme. I, I think it's justified. With, because if you're paying them a good wage, like it's a really, really good job, and yep. that job is generating revenue for the organization that, that Which employs it is. you. Yeah. And so, yep. so if you're, now you can say to them, um, hey, you have a $25,000 a year job, or you have a yep. $30,000 a year job to do what you love. You can't take money now, or you just jeopardize that job. And yep. you want to know what? You, we, nobody would blame the NCAA for coming down on them. And the kids would understand, boy, I would be stupid if I took some money right now because I have this unbelievable job doing what I love doing and I'm getting paid for it. Why would I put that at risk by taking some additional money? And so I think it would be easier to police. It's, it's if a no-brainer. Fair wage. It's, 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 a, it's a no-brainer for that for that athlete. When, I, when, I, when I'm getting uh, thirty-five hundred dollars in my pocket and somebody wants to take me out to lunch, I'm like, man, I don't need. I don't need. Thank you. No, I got but this. Yeah, I got, in yeah, fact, you know easy. what? Let me pay for you right. because I have a good job. <laughs> right. I have a good job. And and so it's. I mean, I think that that's the solution, and I think it solves a lot of problems. And but the NCAA has been slow to do it, and then. You know, there are universities that don't have a revenue stream with a major program that has a television contract like BYU. And and part of the question is, well, gosh, how do they compete, you know, if they can't pay those kids that amount of money? And and, and so, I mean, that's the other side of it. I I think that that what we're talking about is more important. You've got to figure out a way to make that other side work. And whether that's revenue sharing um, for for television contracts or whatever it has to be so that the have-nots, there's not a bigger chasm. You know, we have to do something. Um, and, hey, how about this? How about let's have a football playoff, that which would generate billions of dollars, and let's revenue share that, and then we can fix all of this. Oh, wait, we're doing that. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> it starts this year, 14 playoff. Blaine Fowler. Yeah, let's have a 16-team playoff, like one, you know, like uh, the, the football championship subdivision. Yeah. And, yes, and, right. and what kind of revenue is that going to generate well, additional revenue? And then let's mm. take that revenue and all that excitement and let's redistribute some of the wealth and let's keep these programs. Well, how much did, did basketball more. generate? Yeah, the NCAA they, basketball tournament alone, Blaine, generated over $750 million between TV rights and ticket sales and concessions just, and all that. So it's, it's imagine yeah. the, and, and America's sport is not baseball. Nope. And it's and it's not basketball. Nope. It's football. Mm. And and you Fact. do a format of a sixteen team format at that level. You talk about and if people are interested in March Madness, how about December and January Madness? Oh, right? it's going to be crazy, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> We're heading for that trend. Blaine, always great to have you. Don't go so long without coming back again. That is a demand, I'm, I'm, Uncle Blaine. I'm always here for you guys. All you got to do is bring me. And I love the fact that uh, I get to be with you and Brian today. That's fun. You got it. Thanks, hey, Blaine. Thanks, Uncle. <laughs> Blaine Fowler says the answer is a $3,500 stipend for each player. I like it. I like it. Would that fix the issue? Where's what the would you do to change the current compensation model? Keep your responses coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Our Friday show rolls on after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We're doing a big on a Friday. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan here at BYU Broadcasting. What a conversation we're having. In light of the allegations that have been uh, distributed out to BYU football for improper benefits, we're asking, well, why, why would players be tempted to take things like this in the current model? So our Twitter question today is this. How would you change the NCAA compensation model for athletes? Use the hashtag BYUS and let's read some tweets. Tweet, tweet. 
let me preface it with this. Rules are rules, and they're in place, so it doesn't make it right, but we can. the growing population is certainly understanding yep. of why it's more difficult for players now to say no. At Bridger Hill, how would you change it? He says, I think student-athletes should receive free housing, education, and food, including a handful of crab legs. <laughs> Oh, hashtag shot at the Heisman Trophy winner. You could switch the switch the crab legs to gushers. That'd be good. At Tasha Lynn 19, I liked what J.D. Falsov said yesterday. They should be grateful for what they get, a great education, free tuition, work ethic, and exposure. And again, that's that's the other side. There, there yeah, are there's, there's, amazing perks to this. Yep. It's just more difficult for them, like Blaine Fowler just told us, to fit in. They want to go on dates. They still want to have fun. They, they spend a ton of time honing their craft. And it, it's just hard. I mean, Brian, you it's did hard. it. You just don't have a lot of money left over just, to do things don't. that are fun. You just don't. Some, some. I mean, you can't penalize some kids from from coming from uh, more fortunate, you know, uh, families. But it, it happens, you know. But but that both kids are still putting the same time and effort in. And I know you were grateful for the perks and the education that you got from BYU. So I think yeah. that may be the part that's being left out. Because I, right. I know you've talked to me about that personally. Like, right. you, you appreciate what you got. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially being 5'6", to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Grateful to be here. Very, very happy to be here. At World Trade, man, I think players should get enough that they don't have to worry about money all the time. Probably an extra $500 a month would work. Where does the money come from? That's the other issue. Conferences. Got to come from the conferences. Man, it's, it's, and that's a fair point. Where is this money going to come from? Up next, we delve into the Cougar Whip Round. More of your tweets. Keep using the hashtag BYUSN. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. The quarterback, Spencer Linton and Brian Logan hanging out. You know what time it is, brother? Brian's brain. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Know it. Men's basketball. BYU assistant coach Mark Pope was named to the ultimate coaching staff, although he says he's already on the ultimate Ultimate. coaching staff. That according to ESPN.com's Miles Simon, one of the best in the West. Track and field. Dual sport athlete Lexi Eaton qualified for the NCAA West preliminary in the high jump. The meet starts May 29th in Fayetteville, Arkansas. She could high jump you, Brian. She can. Anybody can, really. <laughs> I mean, my son's my son's like half my size, and he's two years old. I was looking at that the other day. Kind of oh, sad. What a week of BYU Sports Nation. That said, here's our favorite sounds of the week. I want to start that first game, and if I'm 89%, then that's where I am. But I want to be able to play. He actually steals my gushers. On the plane, I see him walking down the aisle. I'm like, oh, shoot. Hide it, hide it. Are you the David Hasselhoff of BYU basketball? Is that what this means? That's the rumor, yeah. Someone like Taysom Hill, he's already got the running. Get he advances as a passer. Suddenly he's in that wheelhouse where people start to really pay attention. It would be nice to get a paycheck, but at the same time, you know what? We're, we're playing this game that when you give a lot to it, it gives a lot back. One thing this roster does not have is a tall, wide receiver. The one thing that jumps off the page is often at six foot three. Obviously, my freshman year was the best team to do he's ever had. I feel like we have a chance to do that. I don't think anybody at this point is really excited about voting for a guy who's stealing crab legs. Oftentimes, you had to tell people no, I, I think, but uh, no thanks. It gets actually pretty awkward because here, here's somebody trying to help right. you out, and you have to tell them no. There's a chance for, for there to be some really special teams, and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. So I went out there and swam out there, and I grabbed her arms, just put her around my back, and just swam in, and that was it. Kyle Collinsworth, BYU basketball star, saving lives. That the last of our favorite sounds of the week. He saved a lady's life in Hawaii. Amazing. And he just came off a torn ACL. So, Amazing. 
Uh, by the way, we have a Memorial Day best of show on Monday. You do not want to miss it. Interviews with Trevor Maddich, Steve Young, Eric Mika, who is now serving a mission in the, in the Missionary Training Center, and Dennis Pitta, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, the, the outfit that Mark Pope talked about, Eric Mika was wearing. Man, you do not want to miss that. Best Swag. of BYU Sports Swag. Nation. On Memorial Day. <laughs> Our rise and shout today, I'm going to give one to Mark Pope for uh, receiving the ultimate coaching staff award and to the Fainting Goats hockey team. Yes, they're called the Fainting Goats in Provo, led by a couple of our BYU Sports Nation producers. Well done, fellas. Fainting Goats. Yes. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. How would you change the NCAA compensation model for athletes right now? Is the system broken? The growing majority of the population thinks that it is. At TJ Hold says, you can't factor in classes. I work 30 hours a week and go to class full-time, and my wife and I have to pay everything. Now, that's interesting. Okay. All right. So they're saying, well, like, you have a job. Yeah, there's high high demand. But the, the argument there, Brian, is... I guess technically he's not generating millions of dollars for the university, correct? That's, Part of that. That's that's really what it, that's really what yeah. it comes down to. I mean, I mean, if you if you if you if, if, if the if the number is not millions and millions and millions of dollars, I don't think athletes can really. There's there's no argument. If if, if that number is really greatly re- reduced. What can we say, right? It's just so much money. It's so much. That's, what, say, that's, that's the thing, yeah. Not saying your business doesn't make money off of you, but there's so much money being right. generated in college football and college basketball that that's you, just, the thing. you just want that's a little bit is. more. Uh, at Y for Life, I'd get rid of NCAA leaders and remove stupid rules. <laughs> but I'd also come down on rule violators hard requiring firings. That goes with what Blaine said. Give them more, but now you can come yep. down hard. Thanks to our guests today, Mark Pope and Blaine Fowler. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. Thanks to you, too, for coming on. Hey, Brian, that. good to have you on a Friday, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on as a guest. Episodes of the show that. on demand at BYUSportsNation.com. Shout out to Glenn Kozlowski, BYU Sports Nation. Back to work on Monday.